Notre Dame just capped off its first of four major recruiting weekends in the month of June, and the Irish are already making major moves on some top prospects who are in town. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Lockdown Irish. It is Tuesday, June 6th, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your preferred podcast platform, I appreciate you joining me here. And if you're new to the program, please subscribe to the show, like the video, rate and review the podcast, all that good stuff. My name is Tyler Rojak, and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and have been podcasting about the football team since 2020. I've also been covering college football as a producer, first for ESPN and now at the Fox Sports headquarters in Los Angeles. Today, we've got a lot of recruiting news to get into after Notre Dame wrapped up their first of four big recruiting weekends in the month of June. This is a huge month for literally every team across the country. It's official visit season, and all the top high school prospects from around the country are going to be traveling all over throughout the month of June. And what Notre Dame is able to accomplish over these next few weeks will go a long way in determining just how talented the class will be that signs in December. And as we know, that's a major piece of the puzzle that will dictate how Notre Dame stacks up compared to the best teams in the country in the seasons down the road. But one thing I want to point out right off the top, all right, Like I said, this is happening all over the country. So how are we supposed to interpret these visits? Okay, this is something that I've been thinking thinking about a lot lately because every single team who's worth a damn is going to have great weekends in June, okay? I guarantee that if you looked around at all the other websites and all the other newspapers who cover the best teams in college football, all of their recruiting reporters are going to be cranking out articles that say something like this pretty much every single weekend. Quote, Prospect X had a great visit at School Y. School Y is in good position with Prospect X. And this is not a dig at all at any of the recruiting reporters. They're doing their job, and they're talking to these recruits, and they're busting their ass to get information from these guys. But a lot of it ends up sounding the same, okay? Very rarely do you hear about a recruit who took an official visit to a top program and comes out of it being like, you know, that sucked. (laughs) Like, I hated it. I got left at the airport. They, they didn't have an Uber for me. I was stranded. They didn't have any food. Stadium sucked. Hated the facilities. All that. It doesn't really happen. Now, if it does happen, I would that would be hilarious to me. So if you guys see that out there, please send it my way because I would have so much fun reading that as long as, you know, as long as it's not Notre Dame making those mistakes. But you don't ever hear about Notre Dame doing anything like that. Now, that's not to say that some of the best teams could screw up one individual's weekend. Like, I could totally see that happening. None of these teams are perfect. Like, they all make mistakes. But these teams who are at the top, the teams that Notre Dame is going up against, they've got this stuff down. They know how to do this stuff. They know how to put on for these recruits. They know how to impress them, woo them, and they're going to try to do their best impression. They're going to try to give their best impression with all these guys. But it's really difficult to truly separate yourself from these other programs, okay? I think a lot of that stuff goes beyond just the official visit. Now, I will say Notre Dame is in good position because Marcus Freeman really understands recruiting. He knows how to put on for these recruits while also making each individual prospect feel special. And that, that goes a long way for these guys because, like I said, a lot of this stuff is pretty, pretty consistent across the board, okay? They're hearing a lot of the same stuff. Notre Dame is able to separate themselves just in terms of the culture and the identity of the, the school and the program. But when it comes down to it, for me, like I'm reading all the same stuff you are. I'm listening to the different pods, and I'm, I'm, I'm really invested in how these recruiting weekends go for Notre Dame. But I think a lot of it 
it, it's just kind of minutia, okay? It really comes down to two things. You got to get the uncommitted guys to commit and probably commit soon. And you also have to maintain the relationship and, and maintain everything that's been going good with the committed guys. And I think that's really, at the end of the day, it's the only thing that matters about these recruiting weekends. Like, I don't care if Notre Dame hosted a top prospect and that top prospect had a really good time, really enjoyed meeting the coaches and thought the university was cool. If that player doesn't commit, this visit was not a success. I think it's really that simple. Now, some guys, obviously, they take a little bit uh, longer to make their decisions, which I get. That makes total sense to me. But at this point in the time, it's commitment season. And Notre Dame has got to land these guys who are uncommitted and who visit Notre Dame. So let's go over some of those guys who did visit over the weekend. Now, Notre Dame had the Irish Invasion camp going on, which is a lot of guys who are not in the class of 2024, although some that were, uh, including Cam Williams. But I'm going to go over the guys who are in the class of 2024 who are visiting, who are taking their official visit this weekend. Gerby Lambert, the offensive tackle, he's the headliner. He was the most important prospect who was not committed uh, in town this weekend. Another tackle, Styles Prescott, was there. Running back Kedron Young out of Texas. Safety, Paul Mankey Jr. Those are all the uncommitted guys. And then you've got Bronte Johnson, who's uncommitted, and he's an athlete, but Notre Dame likes him at safety. He visited the school on Sunday. So I don't think he was in town really with all the other prospects, but he did take his official visit uh, this weekend, and that is important for Notre Dame. More on him later. Notre Dame also hosted quarterback C.J. Carr for yet another unofficial visit, which is good to see because he has become one of the most important recruiters for Notre Dame, even though he's literally a recruit. He's in the class of 2024, um, but he was there, and that's great because he's one of the highest-rated prospects in the class. He's the quarterback, uh, and it's great to have him around, especially with guys who are also committed like – uh, Peter Jones, another offensive lineman, and Anthony Knapp, another offensive lineman. And to me, this represents a clear strategy by the Notre Dame coaching staff to make this weekend about the offensive line. And you know what? That makes complete sense because, as we know, Notre Dame is an offensive line-driven program. The team is only going to be as successful as the offensive line is. That's been that way really for decades. You, like, you looked at some really disappointing Notre Dame teams in the past. I bet the offensive line that year stunk. Okay, and the really good teams, like the 2020 team, uh, they had awesome offensive lines. So it's clear to me that this weekend was about getting the committed offensive line prospects together with the uncommitted guys, give them an opportunity to hang out, get to know each other, and hopefully all commit together and sign in December. It actually, to me, it like represents the Joe Moore quote that we hear all the time. It gets repeated, not just by former Notre Dame players who played under Harry Heastand, a legendary Joe Moore disciple. But the saying goes, five guys playing through one set of eyes. That's how they look at offensive line play. Five different players working together as one unit, one singular identity that helps the team and does their job every single play. And part of that culture in, in Notre Dame's offensive line room is taking that concept that they use in between the lines and applying it to everything they do off the field. If you ever talk to a Notre Dame offensive lineman, they will tell you that they literally do everything together. They do everything with the offensive line, on the field, off the field. They live together, and that's great. I think that's a big reason why the culture at Notre Dame, specifically in that room, is such a good thing. And I think we're actually starting to see that being applied to recruiting as well. I think it was very uh, direct. It was it's honestly probably pretty difficult to pull off to get all of these offensive linemen prospects together on the same weekend. They've already got the two committed guys and now adding the two uncommitted guys. I'm sure that was a challenge for the staff. It's also the first weekend you want to get 
your top guys on campus as soon as possible. So hopefully you get that commitment. And then that way you can adjust how you go about the next few weeks throughout the month of June when you have more guys coming in town. And then you already have that information available and that's going to impact how you recruit all the other prospects in this class. So it's really good that Notre Dame was able to get those four guys together. Also, I think having a running back like Keedron Young, if he's like, wait, I'm going to be running behind these guys, I feel a little bit better about it. And then CJ Carr's like, yeah, these guys are studs. You're going to want to come here. These are going to be the guys who are protecting me and you down the road. I think it was very strategic, and I think it's going to work out for Notre Dame well in the long run. So with all of that in mind, which prospects are on Commitment Watch coming out of this weekend? That's coming up next. Make a fast break to Fandle during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Personally, my favorite part about Fandle is the instant payouts. It's so much better than all the other sites you can use out there. So if you haven't tried it out yet, trust me, you don't want to wait any longer. That's because there's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Lockdown Irish your first listen of the day. Now it's time to look at who is on Commit Watch coming off Notre Dame's first big recruiting weekend. And first up, I believe that running back Kedron Young could commit to the Fighting Irish in the near future. Running backs coach Dylan McCullough has been working on this one for a while. He already has four-star running back Aeneas Williams in tow for the class of 2024, and we know that he's looking to sign two running backs in this class, and Young might be next, okay? And that would be a big, big win for Dylan McCullough because he's the number 14th. I'm referring to Young now. Young is the 14th rated running back in the class of 2024. He's got pretty good size. He's 5'10". He's listed as 220 pounds, although... I think it's probably a little bit more than he actually is based on the tape that I've seen of him. I think he's probably closer to like 210. But you know how it is with these recruiting heights and weights. You look at five different fight or five different sites, you're probably going to find five different combinations of height and weight. But that's what we're working off here with uh, Keedron Young. He's a really good player, really productive high school player in the state of Texas. He ran for 1,751 yards last season on 237 carries. That comes out to just over seven yards a carry, which is really impressive. He also had 19 touchdowns to go along with that. And he played at the 5A level at Lufkin, Texas, which is one below 6A, which is what like the real big programs like Allen uh, High School is up there. But still, 5A is really, really high up there. He's playing against quality competition, especially in the state of Texas. So that's really encouraging to see him put up those kinds of numbers against quality competition. He's a north-south runner. He's like a true halfback where – I think Williams is also a true halfback, but he's more of a guy who can go out in the slot, maybe catch some passes, effective as a screener, let's say. So I think that if you're able to get Williams and Young on board, their skill sets complement each other pretty well. And as I was saying, McCullough wants two backs in this class, and if he's able to get Young to commit, then all he has to do really is work on maintaining those two relationships with Young and with Williams getting those guys to sign in December, and then he can put a lot of his attention into the class of 2025 and get a head start on some of those prospects. I think there's a very good indicator of where Notre Dame stands with this recruitment, and it's that another official visit for three-star running back Xavier Robinson, who's scheduled to visit Notre Dame this upcoming weekend, that has been canceled. To me, I think 
that tells you that Notre Dame feels really good about Young and that he's going to commit and he's going to be a part of this class in 2024 because you would not be willing to move on or move off rather an official visit for another prospect that you're looking at unless you feel like you've already you've already filled the board okay now Young has not committed publicly yet but my hunch is that Notre Dame is going to get good news from him publicly in the coming days and a big reason why is because of what happened with Robinson Notre Dame needed two guys they didn't need three it'd be a waste of everyone's time to host Robinson when the running back room was already full so that's what I think is going to happen but again nothing has been made publicly but keep an eye out for him in the coming days Another guy to keep an eye out for, offensive tackle, Styles Prescott. I talked about uh, the importance of the tackle position in this recruiting cycle a few weeks ago on the podcast. At the point, at this point in time, Noram has not received a commitment from a tackle in this class. Gerby Lambert, Styles Prescott are the two top guys on the board at this point. And Notre Dame looked to be in the driver's seat for a commitment from Styles Prescott way back in January. I think there were like three separate crystal balls for him to pick Notre Dame in like the middle of January, but then... Tommy Reese left for Alabama, Harry Hesan retired, and those are the two main guys recruiting Styles Prescott to come to Notre Dame. So Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame staff, they had some work to do and uh, sort of rebuild those relationships with Styles in his recruitment. And it seemed like this past weekend, Styles' first official visit to Notre Dame went a really long way uh, in getting him back or getting Notre Dame back to the top on his recruitment. Credit to offensive line coach Joe Rudolph. He has made Styles a priority since joining the staff. And I think that's pretty telling of the type of player that Styles Prescott is. is. He's not the highest rated guy, um, but he's still pretty highly touted. He's the number 283 player nationally and the number 26 tackle in this class. Like I said, he's a true tackle. He's from Fishers, Indiana, and there's some good reports out there about how much he enjoyed his visit to Notre Dame and how well he connected with the committed prospects who were in town as well. So hopefully we'll be getting some good news about him in the next few days. Another player who's on commit watch, but there's a little bit more to this one, is safety Paul Mankey Jr., okay? Mankey Jr. is ranked outside of the top 350 nationally. He's the number 35 safety in this class, and his offer sheet does not jump off the page. Some of the other teams who are in contention are Duke, Stanford, and Washington. But Mankey is a 60-minute man. He does literally everything for his high school team. He plays wide receiver. He plays safety. He's the returner. He also plays basketball, and he also plays baseball. So this is a very versatile athlete that can do a lot for you. And I thought it was telling that immediately after the visit, a bunch of different recruiting reporters put in predictions that Notre Dame was going to land a commitment from him pretty soon. But now it sounds like Notre Dame was really pressuring uh, uh, Mankey to make a commitment and make one publicly. But Mankey wa- might want to take more official visits. Now, look, as fans, we the people reading this stuff, like we're like, okay, wait, why wouldn't you just commit to Notre Dame now? This kid is making arguably the most important decision of his life. I understand why he would want to take more official visits and see all the schools who are recruiting him, meet the coaching staff, go to the, see the campus, meet the other recruits, see everything you need to see before you make that decision. I totally get that from Mankey's perspective. The problem is Notre Dame might not be able to afford to wait, okay, because there's only so many spots on the board for safety. Now, Notre Dame clearly has to make up some ground. You've heard me talk a lot about the safety position on this podcast and how they have failed to recruit that position over the past few years. But Notre Dame is making some moves. And one guy that they're making moves on is another safety, and that's Bronte Johnson. As I mentioned, he his official visit started on Sunday, and he's technically listed as an athlete, um, but Notre Dame likes him to play safety at the college level. All the other schools that are recruiting him, they want him to play wide receiver, and I thought that might be a determining factor in where Johnson decides to go. Like, maybe he just wants to play wide receiver. I get that. Get the ball, score touchdowns. Hey, I played receiver. I loved it. I get it. 
but he seems open to the idea of playing defensive back at the next level. And it honestly seemed like Notre Dame was out of this recruitment briefly. Now, I think that had more to do with stuff going on off the field. Johnson, I think, had to figure out some academic stuff to make sure that he could qualify to get into Notre Dame. But it seems like that's all been worked out now. So credit to Johnson for handling his business. And now Notre Dame is right at the forefront of this recruitment. So if you look at this big picture, you take a step back and you're like, okay, Notre Dame already has commit from Kennedy Urlacher, if they're able to get one from Bronte Johnson, what does that mean for Paul Menke, who I was just talking about earlier? And now you start to see why there's a little bit more of a sense of urgency from the Notre Dame side to get an answer from Paul Menke. Uh, And I think that is one of my bigger questions about this weekend, about the guys who visited. So at the time of this recording, none of these guys have committed publicly yet, But that being said, I really like where things are trending for Notre Dame with each one of these prospects I just mentioned. So coming up in segment three, I'll explain why closing on these guys could go a long way in rounding out the class of 2024 and could be the difference in Notre Dame being a top five class and maybe a little bit lower, closer to top 10. All right, we've gone over all the prospects who are on commit watch uh, from this past weekend. And there's one name who I didn't mention, but is especially important. And that is the offensive tackle, Gerby Lambert. Notre Dame would love commitments from everyone, obviously. They wouldn't host him if they didn't want him. But Lambert is the top-rated prospect of all the commitments who are all the uncommitted prospects, I should say, excuse me. And I think he's the most important of any of the uncommitted guys because tackle is a very important position in this class. Notre Dame is looking to add four offensive linemen. They've got two. They need two more, and both of those need to be tackles. Things are looking really good for Styles Prescott, so that's great. There would be three offensive linemen in this class, but they need that fourth, and they need a headliner. They need a top guy, and that's exactly what Gerby Lambert brings. Now, his recruitment is really interesting. One, because he's a top-rated guy, but also because he keeps everything close to the vest, which honestly, I love, and I appreciate that. Even though I'm in the content and information business, and the more information that he puts out there is more that I'm able to talk about on this show, but I also just, some of the recruiting stuff, especially with these younger guys, it literally makes me nauseous. Like, for example, one thing that I find so annoying is when some of these recruits put out like a top 16 list. Like, oh, really? You narrowed your list down to 16 teams? How many schools offered you? 18? You crossed two off and you need to make a big deal out of it? Now, look, maybe I'm an old man yelling at a cloud, but I'm 27. I feel like I'm not that far removed. I just find some of this stuff ridiculous. And let's be honest, some of these guys who are being, recruit, being recruited, they love the fact that they're being recruited. And look, I get it. They're young. They're 16. It's cool to be wanted. It's cool to be shown that kind of attention, especially from some really big teams out there. So I get it. But Kirby Lambert is one of those rare guys who are a very highly touted prospect who actually it's really hard to get anything on him. OK, so Notre Dame was only his second official visit. He also visited Boston College, which it makes sense. He's from Massachusetts. Boston College is nearby home. So those are really the only two official visits we know about. We don't know of any that are happening in the future either. There's been some reports out there that he might visit Ohio State. He might visit Penn State. Hell, there we weren't even sure that he was going to visit Notre Dame at like the midway point of last week. Now, I would assume that the Notre Dame coaching staff had more of an idea, but we in the world of covering the team, we didn't really know. But... He visited Notre Dame, and by all accounts, the visit went great. But I'm hesitant to say that he's going to be on commit watch or anything like that in the near future just because we we know so little about him and where he stands. He said some really positive things about Joe Rudolph, which is great because Rudolph obviously came into the recruitment pretty late. He likes Marcus Freeman. He seemed to really enjoy the visit. So these are all great things. But I think Notre Dame still has some work to do left before they get a commitment from him and before they sign him on the dotted line in December. But I think this one is very, very important. 
Notre Dame, obviously, is built on the offensive line, and they don't really have a top offensive line commit yet. And I think that if they get Lambert, it will go a long way in how we look at this entire class as a whole, and specifically this offensive line group. So Notre Dame really needs to get that done, and we'll see what happens here in the next few weeks. Now looking at the running back position, if Notre Dame is able to get a commitment from Keetron Young, they're set at running back in the class of 2024. I said that Dylan McCullough wanted to get two guys in this class. If he's able to get Young, he already has Williams. They're good, okay? They don't even have to recruit any more running backs in this cycle. And then if you look at it uh, and you look at what the Notre Dame running back room is this year, right now they have five scholarship running backs. They've obviously got Audrey Kesame, Shabon Payne, Jadarian Price, Jeremiah Love will join the fold here in the summer uh, in just a few weeks, actually. And now they have Devin Ford, the grad transfer running back out of Penn State. Each one of those guys I just mentioned will have eligibility next season, but odds are at least one of these guys is going to leave. My guess is going to be Audrey Kesame. I think Audrey Kesame is going to have an outstanding season this fall for the Irish, and then I think he's going to go pro, which makes sense. He should. He's a big physical running back. The more carries he gets, the more toll his body's going to take, and that's just wear and tear and his value, as we know in the NFL. The value of running backs has gone down quite a, quite a bit. So you want to get to the NFL when your stock is high, Make your money, get your carries when your body is as fresh as possible because the more carries you get, you're going to get, your value goes down in the NFL. So I think SMA is going to have a fantastic season. Then I think he's going to go pro. That's going to be totally fine because Notre Dame has a really talented running back room, albeit a very inexperienced room at this point, minus SMA. So if Notre Dame is able to add Young and add Williams in this class and say SMA does leave next year, they would have six running backs in the room next year. Most of those guys would be underclassmen as well, so it'd be a young room, but a very talented one, and I would feel like Notre Dame's running back room would be in great shape in the future, being led by Dylan McCullough. So I think he's got a really good thing going right now. All he needs to do is get that commitment from Young, and then he's set for this class, just maintain those relationships, and start worrying about 2025, and then he can get a head start in some of those guys, and that'd be great for Notre Dame. So my big question coming out of this weekend is what is Notre Dame going to do at safety? I went over Paul Mankey. I went over Bronte Johnson. One name who I didn't mention, but I have mentioned before on this podcast, is safety Marquise Gallegos, um, the safety out of California. It appears that he's off the board, and that's a bum. Okay, I think Gallegos is a really, really talented player. I hear about him a lot because he plays at Chaminade, and they're a really good high school program out here, and I think Gallegos is a really good player. And I don't think this is a situation like Kedron Young and Xavier Robinson, where it seemed like Notre Dame seemed to be the one in charge of making that call with Robinson, okay? They seemed to be in very good shape with Young, and we're like, okay, Xavier, there's really no point in you coming to campus this weekend. We feel like we're set at running back. So that's how I interpreted that situation. My understanding here is that Gallegos is likely fixated on one school. I take that to be USC, hometown school nearby. I understand why he would want to go there. But there's very clearly pressure on Mankey to commit. And let's assume they believe Johnson will commit as well. If that's the case, Notre Dame would have three safeties in this class, Mankey Johnson and Kennedy Erlacher. Notre Dame is also set to host five safety targets over these next two, two weeks, even without Gallegos, who I think was scheduled to visit in the third week of June, or maybe it's the second one. Either way, it doesn't seem like that visit is happening. But Notre Dame still, have, still has a bunch of guys who plan on visiting South Bend at this point, including Davis Andrews, Oliver Miles, uh, Malcolm Sigler and Jalen McLean. You obviously can't take all of them, but you'd like to get your higher rated guys to commit earlier so you don't run into an awkward situation where multiple guys are ready to commit and then you're looking at the board like, oh my God, we only have so many spots at safety. You're going to have to turn a guy down. You don't really want to get into that position. 
Of all the guys I just mentioned who are uh, uncommitted and planning to visit in the next few weeks, Jalen McClain is the highest-rated prospect. He's extremely talented. But Notre Dame is competing with schools like USC, Oregon, and Ohio State. And frankly, Notre Dame is behind those schools right now in that recruitment. So I don't know if Notre Dame is going to be willing to wait around with him, um, but they clearly aren't willing to wait around for Mankey. They want him to make a decision. They want him to make a decision quickly. So it's going to be very interesting to see what he does here in the next few days because I think it's that pressing for him. They've got more guys coming in, guys who are candidly higher rated. I don't know how the Notre Dame staff looks at their board because just because they're rated higher in the recruiting rankings doesn't mean that the Notre Dame coaching staff might have a different interpretation of how good they could be in college. So I don't really know, but I'm very curious to see what Notre Dame does here because I think they're going to get a commitment from Johnson. I don't know what the situation is with Paul Mankey anymore. It seemed like he was definitely going to be a commit, and now we don't really know. So we're going to have to wait and see. But this is a very important position in this class. And it's clear that safety and tackle, two positions that I've talked about on this podcast as being absolutely vital to this recruiting class, they're going to have those guys in town first and then hopefully get get those sort of over the line and get those positions settled, and then they could start worrying about everything else because Notre Dame's recruiting class overall is in a really good spot. It's the third-ranked class in the country. Now, there's still, some, uh, still a lot of work to do, especially with some top-rated guys like Elijah Rushing and Justin Scott, but positions like safety, positions like tackle, getting those figured out, getting those taken care of early would be very important for this class because then you can really invest all of your time in those top-rated guys. And then if you get those guys on board there, we're looking at this class going from like a you know, pretty solid class that's like fringe top 10 or somewhere around that range to like a truly elite top five level class and getting these guys committed uh, hopefully in the near future would be absolutely massive for Notre Dame and getting that done. I'm not sure what Notre Dame is going to do at safety, uh, but we're going to find out very soon given the urgency surrounding all this stuff. I think we're going to hear some good news about the offensive line as well. So you've heard me rant about this before. And so rest assured, once this all gets settled, we'll have you covered here on Locked On Irish. But that is going to do it for this episode of Locked On Irish. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. Tomorrow on the show and really throughout all of June, there's going to be a lot of recruiting conversation on this show. I'm hoping to have more recruiting reporters, not just on the Notre Dame beat, but some national guys as well to get some different perspectives. So stay tuned for that. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform if you have not already. You can also follow the show across all of our social media platforms as well. You can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod. Plus, you can follow my personal Twitter account that's at Tyler W O J C I A K. I hope you guys enjoy the show, and I will see you guys tomorrow.